and this change is important and that keeps people wanting back coming back for more and, and wanting to do more and, and wants to stick around and to learn something new episode 96 april 2015 in this episode stephen b cook creative director at Eden Spiegelmann, talks about college degrees internships and the apprenticeship model he explains how they work with junior devs and designers and how they attract and foster talent in the agency this episode is sponsored by the Dreblin Design Company and Fieldnotes. In your opinion, what's the importance of a college degree for designers and developers these days? My personal uh, feeling is you don't need to have one. I think, like I, like I said before, or just talking about your, your question about experience, that's what counts. I actually am always interested when I look for people is things that they've done outside of what they do for their living. What did they do before? Did they go from university to straight to a design agency and then work five or seven years and that's all they've done? That to me sounds like a traditional career path. And for me, when I look for people, I like people who maybe did some other things outside of before they started their design or development or whatever their career path might be. What did I do outside of that before I started this? Or Because that shows me a different level of curiosity and a different level of understanding to the world around them. And I appreciate that when I look for people. What do you think of the apprenticeship model for designers and developers these days? I like it. I, I, I'm not a really big fan of like the classic, let's say, internship, although we use the word intern. That's kind of a word that's sort of ingrained in how or what we talk about, especially in the agency world. I actually prefer this apprenticeship idea more so than a classic internship, meaning that I like to see in, in the future where apprentice or internships last longer than, let's say, three months. Um, I believe interns or apprentice, the, the apprentice or whatever we want to say, the people participating in the apprenticeship should be paid a fair wage because I, they have value. You know, people are young, they're starting in their career or, or maybe just getting out of university, but there is value there. And so it should be honored in respect. In Germany, they have changed the law and now the intern in the classical sense can no longer is no longer B because there's like a minimum wage, so to speak. And starting in the new year, you have to have what they call Werkstudenten, or this basically like an apprenticeship, basically. It's not one-to-one, -one, but it's, it's similar in direction. And this is someone needs to be paid a more sort of like kind of a minimum wage. And um, this person works much long term. And I appreciate that. And I like that actually a little bit better because then the person can kind of learn how things really work and be at a level where they have to be taken seriously because they're being treated as almost like a full employee or like an employee, although it still has some sort of parameters. I mean, they're still in this apprenticeship level and not fully contracted employee. And the respect level at the eye-to-eye -eye level um, is much more pronounced in this type of setting, and I appreciate that a bit more. Looking at this from another perspective, do you think the apprenticeship model is maybe also a necessary investment for companies these days because people are so hard to get that you need to foster people early yourself? Or is it more philanthropic than that? No, I think, I think it's... Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's the, the idea behind the apprenticeship is you know, to, to foster uh, individuals to then end up working in the environment where they started. 
And of course, now the selection process gets more tedious and the fine tuning process gets more intense. So it's not just like there is no, no longer is sort of a, a lackadaisical attitude to finding interns. Now, when you do an apprentice, it's much more intense process, I believe. I'm assuming that it will be that way because there's a longer term relationship. And plus, if you're framing it in this context of saying, okay, well, this person is going to work for us for six months or let's say a year, and then maybe we phase them into a full-time position after this point in time or after they finish their studies or after this apprenticeship, then this long-term relationship or this basis makes actually the screening process and the whole thing a little bit more intense. On one hand, is a benefit. On one hand, it can be a bit more more difficult for, for everyone who's involved. Because then this person is saying, okay, well, if we're trying to groom this individual for the next six, six months or a year that they step right in, maybe that person doesn't want that after one year. Because, you know, they're young, they want to try something different, new, and etc. And maybe it's no hard feelings, but then as an employer, they have to say, okay, well, that's the risk we have to take. But at the same hand, how much of this risk do we want to burden? Okay, everybody, my name is Aaron James Draplin. Just got done telling you about my whole life. Uh, the good, the bad, the gross, the ugly, the weird, the sinister, the awesome. And now you need to go to draplin.com and buy some killer merch. Draplin.com backslash merch and things that you need, right? Okay, you need to go there and look at this stuff. And then when you're done with that, you need to go to fieldnotesbrand.com and get some memo books. We'll ship them anywhere. If you're listening to this in Vienna, Austria, or Vienna, Illinois, hell, wherever that is, we will we'll ship them there too, okay? Fieldnotesbrand.com. You need these things. $9.95 for a three-pack. Would you pay for coffee today, right? Right, right? You need this stuff. So draplin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com, and uh, yeah. Those are, the, those are the only two links you need in your life. There you go. How do you proceed with junior devs and designers at Eden Spiekemann? Do you have mentors for them and what's the onboarding process like? Yes, we definitely have uh, the mentorship. We strive to have sort of as, as much guidance as we can. Of course, it's, it's not always easy because people get caught in different projects or different things and then maybe the person who was originally their mentor is no longer their mentor but we definitely try to help and to steer people along and we have a nice setup process where we have reviews and feedback talks um, with everyone to kind of help bring the 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 junior people or whoever it is uh, forward as much as they can and of course we have an onboarding process and we're always continually adjusting and working on this but to support junior developers and designers, we give a lot of free space and room for people to adapt and learn. You know, you interviewed Scott before and, and you probably, you know, realized, you know, what he had more, a lot of freedom. And he said this to me when he came back is the freedom to experiment, to try something different and to keep trying different things was there. We tried to give that opportunity to lots of young people or young designers or developers as they have the opportunity to try something new and then we support that and to foster that so they can continually to develop. Mm -hmm. Also with side projects that not necessarily have anything to do with uh, Eden Spiekemann? That's what we're working harder on to make more side projects. We just brought in a fantastic program that I really, really like and or two of them, but one is on our every Friday, we give every one 
who works at HP Command as a full-time employee, the opportunity to work on side projects. They so the whole that, Friday? Uh, the, no, Friday afternoon, basically after lunch. Then they have so many allotted days in a year, and they can delegate these days based upon various side projects or projects that, that they may want to work on for a project. And then we're also um, starting to finally do our maker days. And in February, we're going to have our first sort of two-day I wouldn't call it a hackathon, but more of a makeathon, because we have a good combination between developers and even traditional design or traditional graphic design, and giving everyone the opportunity to learn and also to make something new. So we're we're doing much better at fostering and supporting people to do their own things, the things that they have passion for. How do you invest in your employees? We have a couple programs. There's we obviously have further education. So if someone wants to go to a conference or learn something new on their own time, we always give them the opportunity to say, hey, I feel like doing a communications course, let's just say, and I want to improve my presentation skills or something like this, right? And if they were interested in this, they can go to their team leaders and ask to do this. And normally we support the people in this. There's another program that we just are putting into use, and that is where every employee gets a, a lot of money every year, a certain amount of money, and they can do whatever they want. So there's further development in their career path, but then we're also giving people the opportunity to do whatever. So if they say they want to learn cooking because cooking is what inspires them, then they have this set budget that they can go ahead and learn cooking if they feel like it or whatever it might be. So we have two different levels of supporting people. Also, we have to support and to, to let people grow we have what we call our, our couches. That sounds a bit strange, but we have like a design couch or a developer couch. And this design couch and developer couch is a place where people can exchange and talk about ideas or about how, how people can improve everything from archiving icons to new projects to new tool and whatever the application they might be using. I mean, it's very open. And it's a very open, and so every it's every uh, Tuesday they come to. Well, not every Tuesday. It depends upon which couch it is. If it's for developers or designers, but normally they have it's one day a week where they get together and talk for about 30, 40 minutes about different topics, various topics that have to do with design or development or design thinking or whatever it might be. And then there's other there's other opportunities for people to to develop and to come up with new things. And it's open. It's almost it's like I said. You almost could. If there was something that was really driving you and you really wanted to do it and it had, you know, obviously it has something to do with the betterment of what we do and how we do it or communications or whatever it might be, there's always the opportunity to come to us and say, hey, this is what I'm interested in doing and we'll figure out a way to support that. How do you attract and foster talent and how do you keep awesome people? Attracting talent, I think a lot of times our talent comes through... When we speak at conferences or what we might be posting, especially from a, from, from a development standpoint, when we write blog posts or in our magazine, if we're writing about a certain particular development task or method, we get a lot of response from that. We also get find a lot of talent, like I said, at conferences. We speak at conferences, no matter if it's a design conference or an interaction conference or whatever it might be, we get a lot of references or interest there. We also do still get a lot of interest from the universities 
because of the Eden Spiegelman name, especially in the design community, specifically in the design community, there's a lot of contact through there because they've either heard of Eric or they might have heard of projects that we've done. And so there's, we get a lot of sort of our recruitment process happens there. Keeping the talent, uh, as I mentioned before, keeping the talent is just giving people the opportunity and putting them on exciting projects. That's the most important thing is, is this project exciting enough for us as well as the people that work on it? And if they don't find it exciting and they want to, they find another project exciting, then maybe we can find a way that keeps them going on the projects. But I think a lot of times we have relatively, I would say, majority exciting clients and exciting, and exciting projects. And we have a lot of change of project projects. So people will might work on some sort of, let's say, a, a new site for someone, and they're doing that for six, seven, eight months, and then that site launches, and then then they some of the team might change and move on to another project, and some of the team might stay on, or they might transfer, and that makes people still feel part of this change and something new, and this change is important, and that keeps people wanting back, coming back for more, and, and wanting to do more, and, and wants to stick around and to learn something new. Thank you.